thank them one more time for just uh, bringing us some understanding. I'm sure you've encountered things like that where, yeah, you, you hear one thing, but then the end result is something else. And it's this word, when we're going to say this word together, it's called trust. Let's say it together. Ready? Go. Trust. Before we could trust in our day and age, at some point in life, because there was a reason to. Now, how many of you, when you were growing up, I'm going to show some age here, when you were growing up, didn't need to lock your doors. Raise your hand. You didn't need to lock your doors. Right. Okay. We didn't lock, need to lock our doors because we trusted the people around us. Our screen doors never had screen. <laughs> so we, we trusted people. We could trust that no one was going to do something to us or our home or anything like that. Now, how many of you today, maybe I shouldn't ask this, um, I was going to ask if you have an alarm system and cameras at your, at your house. Maybe I shouldn't ask that because then you might be targeted right now. So I'm just saying, some of us, we actually have alarm systems and uh, security for our homes and even our cars. Remember when alarms used to come out, uh, when alarms were a big thing with cars? Now, now it's standard. Every car that you buy now has alarms. But here's what happens. Now that alarms are so common, when they go off, we don't do anything. We see someone trying to get into the car and the alarm goes off. It's like, brother, you need help. That could be the thief. We don't know. We just think that, oh, alarms are common. But we have these things because we don't trust people. So we put alarms on and security systems because we don't trust. This is where we are in our day today. We just don't trust. And for some reason, that comes into our relationships, comes into our marriages and our families because of track records. Some of us, we have bad track records with other people, so they don't trust us. It's like if you borrow something from someone so long and they have to borrow it back, they don't trust you with their things. Or if you lend someone something for a long time and then you ask for it back and they give it back to you broken, it's hard to lend them things again, right? It's, I mean, and, 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 and you have a hard time saying no to that person, and they ask, oh, I can borrow your weed whacker. In your mind, weed whacker, uh, weed eater, just in case you don't speak pigeon. And when they, when they borrow something and you don't, you don't trust them anymore and they ask you to use something, it's hard to tell them no. You don't know how to say it. So you got to make something up like, I don't, oh, uh, my uncle using them. Or it's broken right now. So you lie because you don't trust. It's amazing that that trust factor will rise and fall, not dependent on you necessarily, it's dependent on other people. That word trust is now in our world today so diminished that we don't even know what that word means anymore, to trust. If you've, betr if you've been betrayed, if you've been hurt, hard to trust, especially from that person, hard to trust. But when it comes to God, even though some of us don't trust him, if we were to look at his track record, has he not been faithful? He's been faithful. We, tr we trust God so much that we don't, we don't question if what he created is going to stand the test of time. In other words, yeah, we, we may not 
we may not be in the relationship with God so much that we trust him in everything, but this is one thing we do trust. We trust that when God created the son, it will do what he said it will do constantly. This morning, none of us was worried that the sun would go away. None of us. None of us was worried that the sun wasn't going to rise in the morning, and it came up kind of early. I mean, I don't know about you, but it's, it's now bright early in the morning, 5.30 in the morning. It's now bright. We're hitting summertime. But none of us questioned last night that, oh, boy, oh, man, I hope the sun comes up tomorrow. I, I hope... I hope the moon doesn't just float away one day. I hope the sun doesn't come too close because we might burn up. No one questions that. And the reason why we don't question that is because of track record. The sun has always been rising and setting when it said it was supposed to. Why? Because God set it in order. That's God's track record. Now, we can give God our life. We can say yes to him. We can, we can give him our heart and, 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 and love him with everything we have. In fact, that's what Jesus said in the Bible. He said, love, me with all, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's what he said when it comes to loving him with all. But there is one area, one area that we probably have the most difficult time trusting God in. Now, if, you have, if you're sitting next to someone that you know, just if, if you can imagine one area that we have or people have a difficult time trusting God in, what do you think it would be? Just mention it to the person next to you. Go. What do you think it is? What is the most difficult thing we trust God in? I have a, a hard time trusting in him. What do you think it is, okay? And let's see if you can score a point on this. Because some of you already filled in the blanks and you play that game like, ah, I got him correct. Yeah, you owe me lunch. So whatever it is. So let's see if you get this correct. One of the most difficult areas to trust God in is in the area of finances. How many of you got that correct? Raise your hand. Yay, you win on prize. You get free air. So all of us... <laughs> We understand that it's, that it's difficult. It's difficult to trust God in that one area. Now, this may be your first time to church, and you're wondering, well, how does, this, how does this help me in my relationship with God, in my faith with God? Well, I'm glad you asked, because in the Bible it says this, in the book of Luke. It's not in your notes, but you can actually take out uh, the book of, take out the Bible, take out your Bible, and open up to the book of Luke. If not, in your notes, uh, you can take that on, and you can write that in and check it out later. Some of you use our church app, so you're going to have uh, some scripture and some notes to fill in. But when you, when you think about God's faithfulness, and if you think about who he is, and this principle that he's going to give to us, then we can understand that, boy, yeah, we struggle in this area, but God is so faithful. It's in Luke chapter 16, verse 10, and I'm going to read it to us. And it's going to be up here on the screen. And the Lord says this, If you are faithful in little things... You will be faithful in large ones. But if you are dishonest in little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. And if you are untrustworthy about worldly wealth, who will entrust you with the true riches of heaven? And if you are not faithful with other people's things, why should you be trusted with things of your own? Now, God wants us to live a great life. He has promised us that he has a plan and a purpose for our life. And for some of us, we want more in life. And sometimes we don't even know what that more is. We just say, boy, something is missing from my life. And for some of us, we found out that what was missing was the relationship, uh, the relationship that we have now with God. That's what was missing. But then when we come into this relationship with God, it's like he wants us to continue to learn and grow in him. So he gives us certain things 
in our lives to partner with him so that we can grow with him. And so one of the things he says, one of the principles he gives to us is how we steward what we've been given. Faithful in little will be faithful in much. We do this with our children. They start making a plate and we say, hey, finish your plate. You better, you better make sure you, you make a plate that you can finish. Otherwise, don't make too much. Or while they're eating pizzas, my grandchildren do this. As they're eating pizzas, they see how, much, how many are running out. And then they see their brothers trying to grab more. So they try to grab more. And we say, wait, finish that one first. Then you can have another one. So we do that with our children. We tell them to be faithful with what they have. Or else why would we want to give them any more? And God is the same way. He says, be faithful with what you have. Then you can be faithful in much. It's a principle that God gives to us. And it is often said that methods are many. Principles are few. Methods will always change but principles never do. And so we're going to take a look at some principles that God can teach us in the area of finances. Now you might be thinking, why finances? It's interesting that God would use finances to help us with every other area of life. Did you know that? Finances alone helps us in every other area of life. And that's what we're going to learn today, how we can rediscover trust when it comes to our finances with God. Did you know that God speaks about finances or the thinking or the thoughts of finances more than heaven or hell combined? He even speaks of finances more than faith. He mentions faith about 500 times in the Bible. He mentions prayer about 500 times in the Bible. But when it comes to finances and stewarding finances or thinking about finances, 2,300 times he speaks about finances. So tell me finances aren't an issue. I mean, just look at our world today. Everything has to do with finances. But that's the way of the world. God says, I'm going to use this to help you to grow in your relationship with me. And so he says, faithful in little, faithful in much. And you can tell a lot about a person by these three areas. The first one is their checkbook or checking account, where our money goes. The second way we can know about a person is their daily planner where their time goes. And then the last thing is the interior of our car. What does that look like? That tells you a lot about a person. Yeah, so some of us, yeah, our cars are spotless, clean on the inside. And some others, it's not. McDonald's french fries, you get all kinds of stuff all over the place. Some of you have children, so you know what it looks like in your car. So it just happens. It's the season of life. You can tell much about a person from their time, resources, and especially the energy that they have. And God will use finances to teach us even about ourselves. And he wants us to learn how we can rediscover trust when it comes to him. We're going to look at three principles that will help us trust in the Lord. And here's the first one, if you want to write this in. Remember that God's return is always greater than what we give. And for some of us, we've seen that happen, that God's return is always greater than what we give. And we need to remember that because often we'll, we'll forget about it. Some of us, we, we've been tithing and giving to God and, and the, the kingdom work so that people can find Christ. We've been giving to him for years and decades, but once in a while, we need to be, be reminded. And maybe that's what today is about for many. For many of us, we just need to be reminded that, that's right, I can never outgive God. Constantly. I brought these snacks up because um, 
my little friend Lily, she always gives me snacks every now and then. I don't know if she's in here, but she runs up to me and she says, Pastor, I, I have some snacks for you. So, and the reason why I brought this up is because I love snacks. Now, I'm not saying that so you start giving me snacks because I have to run after I start eating things like this. So keep it to a minimum. But these, this was a reminder to me that God constantly is a giver. And he is a diverse giver. In other words, God doesn't always give back to us how we want him to give back. He gives back in diverse ways. I mean, for, for some of us, we would love it if it was always in monetary form. We would love it. But God knows what's best for us. And so he says, I'm not going to always give back to you in monetary form. Because then you would probably not use it the way you need to use it anyway. So he gives back to us diversely in various forms. Sometimes he'll give it back to you in a, a medical expense that is not there because you took good care of yourself. He'll maybe bless you with uh, someone will give you a gift. Or, or maybe, maybe someone says, oh, this, this shirt is, it doesn't fit me anymore. You can have it. Whatever it is, there are various ways that God gives back to us. But all I know is we can never outgive God. We have right now on our, on our uh, ceiling or on the roof, on the outside, a solar panel system, our photovoltaic system that produces energy for us right now that when the sun is shining, we don't have to pay electricity for our air conditioning, all the lighting and sound and for our youth wing and all the different areas. Why? Because God gave us the sun. It's a resource that is freely available. We just have to pay for the product to obtain this energy. And it is clean energy. God gave us that. You can never outgive God. One second of the sun's energy will produce energy for the United States for thousands of years. Just one second of the energy of the sun. That's how powerful God is as a giver. He gives us life. Every breath we take is a gift from God. The children that we have, our grandchildren, our family members, there's no price that you can put on it. I know some of you try to sell them off and you say, God, take them out of my house. Go live someplace else. But that's because we're frustrated. But God says, I've given you a gift. It is far greater than what we could ever give to God. And, we, and, and here's, here's what's so amazing about God. He says, all I'm asking for in the area of finances is a tenth. I'm sorry to say it this way, but the government asks for way more. And we still give. God says, I, I'm doing this. Test me on this. And he says, test me on this. If I will not open the floodgates of heaven for you. He says, test me in this area. It's the only area he said to test him. I thought, God, why didn't you test us in singing? Like, sing to me, but just 10%. And test me if I will not bless you with a better voice. Like, why, why couldn't it be that? Why couldn't it be like exercise? Like, test me in exercise. Just give me 10% in exercise, then I will bulk you up. I will, you will lose weight quickly. Like, why is it in the area of finances? And you might be questioning that too. Why is it the area of finances? Now, I don't know exactly why. I can't pinpoint every single thing like that, but I can tell you this. If you ask God, why is this the most difficult area or why you asked us to test you in this area, he will let you know why. You ask him. You ask God, why is it the area of finances? And I'm telling you, he's going to give you the answer. And for those who struggle with giving to God, I know it can be because of, of uh, maybe you're in a financial situation that's so difficult that you just can't. You're going backwards. You're actually going more into debt. 
Or maybe you're in a situation where someone in your household says, you're not giving to God, no way. So you're in difficult situations. But I can tell you this, when you, sh- when you pray to God and you trust in him and you say, God, my heart is to give to you, I just, I don't have the wisdom yet. Can you give me wisdom? He will definitely give it to you. We just need to remember that we can, we can never outgive him. In the book of Malachi, chapter 3, verse 11, he says, I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. In other words, he's saying, you're not going to run out. I will be your resource. But you just need to trust in me, and I will rebuke the devourer. In other other words, whatever it is that's eating up your finances, put it in my hands, and I'll protect you in that area. I'll protect your finances, but you got to trust me in it. Whatever you want God to bless, put him first in. If you want God to bless your marriage, put him first in your marriage. If you want God to bless your thought life, then put him first in your thought life. If you want him to bless your family, put him first in your family. And if you want him to bless you financially or in your finances, put him first in your finances. Just put him first. I know that for some of us it's a struggle because maybe we've been betrayed or we've seen uh, times where uh, finances were mishandled in business or maybe even other churches or whatever you may think. All I know is this, that when you put your trust in God, you can never outgive him. He is that trustworthy. And he will always come through. He will always have his way. In Luke chapter 6, verse 38, it says, Give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together to make room for more, running over and poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. That's just how good God is. He's diverse in his giving. But when we trust in him, yes, we need to remember that he will always, the, the gift that he gives back to us will far outweigh the gifts we give to him. Far greater. But we need to do this. Here's the second thing. We need to lean on the Lord. Because when you lean on the Lord, then it's not based on your circumstances or what you understand or what is, what is in front of you. It's, it's not going to be about where you are in life or how much you have or how little you have. It's really leaning on him. And for Heidi and I, when we first started to develop this heart to give to God, we always had to think in our own home, the only way we're going to be able to give to God is to live within our means. That's the only way we could do this. And when we started to live within our means, then God got us out of debt. Why? Because we were giving to Him first. And when you give to God that chunk of money, you start thinking wisely about the rest of your finances. And so we cut out things from our life. We said, we're not going to do this, 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 and this. And we were fine. We were fine. Our children wanted to do, they wanted to go to the movies and do all these things. We said, nope, can't afford it. Let's go to the library and let's borrow some videos. Or let's go to uncle's house and go get some DVDs. It was just that we had to think creatively. We had to be innovative. We developed some entrepreneurialism because we needed to. And God provided that because we said, we're going to give to you. See, for some of us, we're not as creative as we could be because money takes care of it. I always say this to our staff team here. I say, when it comes to ministry, I always tell them, do the most amount of ministry with the least amount of finances. 
do the most amount of ministry with the least amount of finances. That's a principle. Because when we do that, now we're creative. Now we're, now we're thinking of stewarding well God's finances. And so use that principle even in your own family. It is often said, and studies were made, that it, people are rich or poor not necessarily based on how much money they make. It's based on the lifestyle that they live. We've heard of it. Movie stars, actors, athletes, millions of dollars, $100 million contracts at the end of their career, broke, in debt, nothing. Well, what happened? They had $100 million. Was it their finances? No, 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 no. It was how they were stewarding their finances. Shaquille O'Neal tells about one day when he bought cars and he spent $1 million in one day. And so they asked him, how did you spend a million dollars? Oh, well, one of my friends, they had bought a car, and so I had to match that car, so I bought that car. And my mom wanted a house, so I got my mom a house. And so he's telling all the things that he bought in one day, one million dollars. And then he thought, at the end of that, he said, I need a financial advisor. <laughs> I'm thinking, that's not a bad idea. You know who the best financial advisor is? God himself. He, he owns everything. See, we live in a world that says you got to have more. Yeah, you you, you got to have more. And, and, and when, when God says, just give me a tenth, we have a hard time with that. But we don't have a hard time with that anywhere else. In fact, for some of us, we just bought brand new shoes, brand new clothes, brand new car, just ate out or something. And the reason why I bring that up is not because it's a bad thing, but watch what happens in our world. We buy a shoe, and thanks to Michael Jordan, shoes went up in the 80s, and so now shoes at that time started to become, you know, $70, $80, $90, then it hit the $100 mark. Well, a shoe just came out from one of this guy who's promoting his shoes called Big Ballers Brand, and it's a basketball shoe, and it is not $100, $200, it is $495. And we have no problem paying that amount of money. Now, it's not to cause a guilt trip. It's just to really think this through. We buy purses for $1,000, belts for $80, shoes for $75, and we hand the money over. For some of us, like, oh, man, that's a lot of money. But we still buy it. But here's, here's where God's faithfulness is so much greater than ours. That when God says, give to me, he gives back to us more than what we invested in him and his kingdom. But you don't get that at the store. You don't go to the movies and pay $80 to take your family. And then they say, oh, because you paid $80, we're going to set you up for the next three months, movies for free. What? Really? Yes, movies for free. You're not going to hear that. What actually happens is we buy products for $500 that only costed $80 to make. And we exchange. We, we do that without even thinking Maybe we think twice or three times, and then we still buy it. But for some, we just, hey, we can do this. Now, I know you might be at a place in your finances that you're able to do that. You give to God. You're, you're charitable, or you give, and you, you're a giver. You just, you love pleasing God in that way. You're thankful, and you're generous, and God honors people like that. In fact, you probably are thinking, that's why you gave to me, so that I can be a blessing to others. And God will do that. It's not a problem or a sin to have money. 
It's not a problem. It's not a sin. You can be the most richest person on this earth and you'll be fine as far as finances. But God doesn't want us just to be rich monetarily. He wants us to be rich in life. That he wants to bless us not just with a a financial return, but he wants to bless us in life. But if we're not leaning on him, then what else are we going to lean on? The Bible tells us this, Proverbs 3, verses 5 through 7, to trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. See, leaning on our own understanding means that there will be sacrifices made so that we can give to the Lord. If you start leaning on your own understanding, or leaning on the Lord means we make sacrifices, and we say, Lord, because of these sacrifices, I'm going to lean on you. And you do. When you make sacrifices, you begin to lean on the Lord more. When Heidi and I were praying about our children uh, attending this school, we thought, how are we going to do this? Because it, it costs money. But we prayed and we felt that God said, no, this is where I want your children to go to school. And, and, and so we really thought about it, put our knees to the ground and prayed. And we said, God, we don't know how we're going to do the finances, but we trust you. We're going to continue to give to you and trust you with our tithes. And then when they're, you know, giving t- opportunities, we're going to trust that you're going to speak to us and we're going to give to you. Well, when we thought about our boys entering this school, for the both of them, the tuition was pretty high. And we kept praying. We said, Lord, we don't know how we're going to do this. Well, we put in the application, and then the the letter came back and said, your children are going to have partial scholarships. And we could actually afford the partial that we had to pay. But when we accumulated all the years they've been in school, the tuition that was paid for them, compared to how much we actually gave to God in our tithes and offerings, the tuition alone during that time was more than we gave to God. Now, we didn't see a monetary form come back to us, but we also saw a non-bill come to us that someone else paid for tuition. And for that, we are eternally grateful for but we didn't see a monetary form uh, uh, in monetary form come back because if you're only looking for monetary form from God in a return, that's so small compared to what God can actually do. That he wants to bless us as his people. He wants to bless us. We just have to lean on him. And when we lean on him and acknowledge his ways, then he's going to direct our paths. People gave us cars and it was old cars, but they ran well. And so we had maybe three or four cars given to us. Someone wanted to bless us. And we didn't know, you know, where this was coming from. They said, no, no, Maybe they thought, you know, we need it. And we did. And it wasn't, it, I mean, we, those cars made us pray more. Like, please start, please, please start, please start. Yes! While we're going to Kona, please don't die. Please don't die. Please don't die. But it was a blessing from God. It wasn't brand new cars, but we were grateful. Because he said, I will always take good care of you. We trusted in him. We had to lean on him. And when we leaned on him, we could see how much, we could see why we could trust in him. 
because he always came through. Yes, we paid rent late. Yes, we borrowed money from people. Hopefully, I don't owe anybody money in here. My mother-in-law was in church in first service. I told her, thank you for lending us money. Yes, it took us 20 years to pay you back, but we still paid you back. Oh, we went through all kinds of seasons. You go through seasons. But I tell you, when you put God first in your finances, then he takes good care of you. And he'll give you wisdom beyond your years so that you can, in a financial way, take good care of your home. The last thing we want to learn is this principle of being courageous. If you want to write that in. Because it'll take courage to trust God with our finances. Isn't it true that we can trust God in many areas of our life, but finances are difficult? It's a tough one. And so what I would ask you to do is take the wisdom that is given to you from his word and ask him for his wisdom. Ask him how you can navigate through this season. For some of you, you've been courageous. That's why we have this building. That's why we have this property. You gave for this generation to get to know God so we can be in a building talking about Jesus Christ, talking about the ways of God, the love of God, in the hopes that people find Christ that we can love one another and grow together in him, that happened because, that ha- and that happens and continues to happen because you gave toward this property, this building, because you trusted in God that his vision was going to come to pass. And you've seen his faithfulness. For some of us, we came here, or for some of you, I came here when we were in, we were in the building process, but for some of you, you came here when this building was already complete and the land was already excavated and all, everything was already finalized and done. So you might be thinking, so what part do I play? Well, we are constantly raising up the next generation. That's why I'm here. That's why you're here. Because someone invested in us. And so now it's our turn to invest in others. This is our season This is our time to build the kingdom of God for this season. And then one day when 40 years later, 50 years later, we get to look back and say, Lord, thank you for letting us be a part of what you were doing all along. We couldn't see what you saw, but now we do. And so now this is our season. We get to now invest in the kingdom of God. And who knows what God will do in the next 40, 50 years. But he did all of this in the past 35 years. Because you gave. And because you gave, someone like myself and my wife, my family, found Christ. Your children found Christ. Your grandchildren are finding Jesus. Because you gave. You continue to give to God because you love him and you know his faithfulness. And so I implore you, who, those who are here today, and you're saying, but I don't, I, I don't, I'm not there yet. Don't think about finances. Think about God. Think about how good he is and his promises, the benefits of trusting in him. And watch what he does with even the little we give to him. I know you might be thinking, but even the small that I give to him, what can he do with that? First of all, he doesn't need our finances. We need to trust him in our finances. It benefits us more than it benefits God because he's the one that will bless us through it all. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 13 tells us to be on your guard. Stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong. When Heidi and I 
dove into ministry and we said, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna serve God in this way. And we, we had to go from one season to the next. We went from owning a business to now figuring out how are we going to give more time to God. And, and there's a big story behind that. But due to time, basically what happened was we went into ministry and we could have stayed where we were at, getting 10 times more the amount of finances that were coming in, but that wasn't the Lord. He said, this is the direction I want you to go. And so we had to trust in him, and we needed courage to make that kind of decision. It's going to take courage for us to trust God with our finances. It's going to take courage when it seems like all else is failing, but then we trust God with our finances. It's a legacy that we get to leave for the kingdom of God, for the things of God. And we're going to see how faithful he is throughout the years. Some of you ask, and you've asked before, you know, I don't, I don't write checks, so how can I give to God? But we have an app on our uh, church app. We have a, a giving area in our church app. And if you want to learn how to do that, you can see uh, Pastor Marsha at our information center, and they can walk you through it. What we want to do is provide you tools so that together we can learn how can we trust God with our finances? How can we give to him? So there's various ways of giving to God. For some of us, we've been giving for decades, and we see his faithfulness. I just came back from a retreat. Uh, it was a marketplace leaders retreat, and maybe about 30 to 40 of us went to a retreat center on Kauai. And it's this one place called Makan, uh, Makanalani Ranch. It's a gift from heaven. And this ranch is on a 130-acre uh, property. And the owners, uh, Eric and Lynn, built this place. And so we're at this retreat center. We're learning about leadership and things like that. And, and so we're, we're, we're over the property, and I'm looking at this property, and I'm thinking, boy, this is an amazing place. I wonder how much it costed to build this place. And so I went running one morning, and I, I just took a couple of pictures. This first picture is, uh, as we're running, they, they have this area where they have cattle, and the cattle there, they raise cattle so that they can help uh, pay for the facility. But that is a, a small uh, amount of finances that come in through cattle. In fact, I'm running, and the reason why I took a picture is because I didn't see a fence line. So I'm, I'm like, these cows better be tied up. And I saw a bull too. So I'm like, I, I'll run, but I can't run that fast. So thank God there was some fencing. And then this other area is this big grass area with just the sun rising up. So you can't really see the, see the grass area. But as I'm, I'm going through the property, I'm, I'm so thankful. I'm saying, Lord, you did this. Like, this is, this is all you. This structure is an 11,000-square-foot uh, facility, and it is off the grid, all run on solar. So everything, and, and it is beautiful. When we went into the home, I'm thinking, this is like a, a luxury home, I mean, the, the, the tiling on the, the floor is beautiful. The, 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 the wood, it's an open vault ceiling. And the wood that they used, and uh, they imported wood from Bali. And they had furniture outside and inside. And, and they have rooms to, to house uh, people. And then they have outside fireplace area where people can sit around. And they have uh, like a, a river running through, a man-made river. And it's, it's, it's just amazing. And w the last night that we stayed there, we stayed there three days, two nights. The, the last night... The owners came by, and this is them. This is Eric uh, in the middle, and then that's Lynn on the right, uh, your right. And so we got to ask them questions. 
And so as they're telling their story, he says he, they owned some companies and he sold his company that was making $90 million a year because they had a vision to build that property. So they sold their company and began the building process. They ran out of money before the entire property was finished. And they have no money. Investors and everything, finances are, are gone. And so they're, they're praying. They say, God, we have one more business. If we sell that, we might be able to finish some things, but we can't finish the whole thing. And so they're praying and they're trusting God. And they're, they're thinking, how are we going to do this? Finally, they say, you know what? We just have to trust God. So they told their son-in-law, sell the company. And he's trying to sell it. Nobody's buying. The market was bad at that time. And they couldn't, they couldn't sell it. And they kept trying and trying and trying. And they, they're trying to sell it for so much amount of money, they couldn't. And they're running out of finances and they couldn't finish this structure. Finally, someone buys the company. And at that time, the market was good. And when they sold their company, it was worth more, 10 times more than what they were going to originally sell it for. And then they could finish the property. So they're telling the story, and I'm thinking, you know, I'm gonna, I want to ask a question. So they ask question, they say, this is question time. Anybody have a question? I said, absolutely. Um, what was your biggest no that you had to say to someone? And this facility is actually a place for, for kids. And so Eric, he's sitting there, and he's thinking, he's, he's thinking, and he says, the biggest no. He looks at his wife, he's like, the biggest no. And he says, um, you know what? The, probably the biggest no was that I had to tell some people that was giving me counseling on this place and advisory board, and I had to tell them, no, we're not going to charge kids to come here. We're going to keep it free. And I was like, wait, what? You don't charge people to come here? He says, no. We go through an interview process and churches and organizations bring their youth here. And we say, bring them. Because they're going to learn about God. And I thought, you can't outgive God. His wife Lynn was sitting there and she's now tearing up at this point. Next to me was uh, Kim Janala, who was a former news uh, anchor. She's sitting there, and she says, I want to ask a question. And I'm thinking, oh, news reporter, she better ask a good one. <laughs> she said, you know, out of everything that you've done, you worked so hard. You were filling potholes just recently on this property. You're, you're, you're digging ditches. You're, you're mowing the lawn. You've invested your life into this. Why? And Lynn looks at her husband, Eric, puts her hand on his lap, kind of like, I got this one. And she said, because there are too many hurting children. And we can do something about it. And I thought, that is how you trust God. They sacrificed millions 
in the hopes that they could change lives for God. And that's what you do here. You've been giving to God, trusting Him that He will take our resources and reach people far from Him one relationship at a time. You give because He first gave. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that anyone who comes to know Him would not perish but have everlasting life. Not only did God give us life here on this earth, but when we give our life back to Him, He gives us eternity in return. You can never, ever outgive God. Amen. You bow your heads with me as we close in prayer. Heavenly Father, our, our heart is to be just like yours. So, Lord, with everything that we're learning, we turn to you for wisdom and guidance, especially in the area of finances. That the principles that come from you are, are endless, timeless. That we can utilize these principles in every area of life. In our world today, we probably live in the most toughest time when it comes to finances. That's why we need to rediscover trust in you. And so we're grateful. We trust you with everything we have. Help us in this season that as we trust you with our finances, that it would be more than a financial trust, but that it would be trusting in you in, in how you will always provide for us and take care of us. We pray over our family members and, and everything that we have that are, that are blessings from you, that we would steward them wisely. Thank you for being the greatest giver of them all. We want to model our lifestyle after you. And so we pray your blessings in these ways. And Lord, I, I do pray your blessing over every single person here today. And I thank you for their faithfulness that as we continue to give to you, more people would come to know you as Lord and Savior because you deserve all the praise, glory, and honor. We pray this in Jesus' name. And we all said together, amen. Isn't God so good? Yes, he is. Never outgive God. You can never outgive God.